Right. So, I mean, it's it's basically the same stuff I see all the time when there's some major race-based issue uh, in America, which is that people are just kind of sticking to their quote-unquote side, so to speak, um, where where they're not understanding, you know, a lot of people, particularly white America, is not understanding why Black America is upset, um, and and you know using the, the kind of typical um, language when you're talking about um, the protests that they see, talking about you know animals and and thugs and and um, I, I see people talking about wanting to run over protesters and stuff like that. Yeah, really, and, seen that? Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I saw someone. There was who was it? I don't even want to say. It was somebody who owns a matter of fact. It was it was the CEO of Fender. So you 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 know Fender um, sure. uh, guitars make musical instruments. Uh, he sh- there there was something surrounding him where there was some talk about um, somebody wanting to run over protesters and stuff right. like that. And so it it says to me, wow, even when the catalyst for these conversations is so blatantly obvious, right? There's no way you can construe the, the death of George Floyd as anything other than an awful, tragic, um, blatantly wrong situation. Absolutely. Uh, people are, are still not recognizing the impact of race on it. Cause a lot of people are saying, why do we have to bring race into that, into that conversation? Sure. sure. Right. Uh, um, okay. So, so, what happened with George Floyd? I think you think you're seeing pretty much a hundred percent universal. You're upset about it. You would agree yeah. with that, right? Okay. okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, you are. hearing some people say why we need to bring race race into it, right? Right. Uh, it's it's definitely a racially sensitive issue. So, so I think a lot of Americans. Okay, now I'm going to speak on on behalf of white America. To, <laughs> All right. So, so bridge some of these gaps, right? So Absolutely. I, I, I understand where Black America is coming from, and and it, I sympathize to that. Like it, it would be it would be scary to be be a black black father or have a black child, and you and you see a video and you're like, damn, you know, you know, it's it's not safe out there. Right. That 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 would be scary. America, I think, has felt like in the in the last five years that, especially, I don't know, not even just white America, most specifically, a portion of white America who is in poverty, people who are struggling, okay. people who are hurting, right. right? And for the last five years, the media media is constantly beating the drum, um, regardless of what the issue is about race, right. and pointing out white America and saying, and when white people, specifically in those neighborhoods where they're struggling, right? And they're, and they're being able to say, you know, acknowledge your privilege, and yes. they're looking themselves and like, I'm broke, I came from shit, I am am shit. That's it's them on their heels. Get defensive. Right. Get them ang- angry. Right. So right. the the, st- the statement "lives matter." Everybody should be able to get behind that. Hundred percent of America should be able to black black ladder. Duh. Obvious, right. Right. But I think maybe maybe if if people started that movement movement, or they weren't mark- marketing experts, right? Maybe if it was Black Lives Matter, matter too, you know, Black Lives Matter also. It might have right. done better. Think also, so. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
I don't know. No. Um, but as as to the protests, right? So here's my problem. The media is dividing us. I feel like the media is per- purposely dividing us. I feel like the media, the government, politicians, they all benefit when we're fighting with each other. With action, they benefit. Right. I agree. They can sneak. Ah, ah, you cut out. Hold on. Unplug. Plug back, back in. That worked last, last time. Let's go ahead and talk. Okay. Can yep, you? Yeah, I can still hear you. Yep. All right. We'll just keep rolling. Okay. Um, sorry, guys. Technical problems today. Uh, um, but the the politicians benefit. They just just passed four trillion in emergency money. That didn't go to you. That didn't, that didn't go to me. Right. I, I don't know. Right. Maybe you got you got twelve dollars. I didn't even get that. But we assume, assume about one hundred twenty grand in, in debt for money that's going going to the banks and the airline yeah. airline companies. Um, um, and while we're fighting with each other. They're, they're just stealing from us. So right, race is a, is a problem in America without question, and race America has a racist past without question, right? Um, I think they thrive in that and use it to divide us, and, and I think I think oh, America has to find a way to come together, and I don't I don't know where I don't know where we are with that idea. Yeah. Yes. So I agree with you that that the media kind of throws fuel on this fire and and you know the the powers that be so to speak absolutely do stoke the flames of this divide um and i i 100 agree with you that it's a sort of a divide and conquer strategy and it's working um the, i guess my only concern is saying that there are some people who will will hear that and say, "See, so racism isn't actually a thing. This is this is something that's made up by the media." Sure. You know, um, and and my my concern is that people will say, you know, I oftentimes hear people saying, um, you know, all you do is look for racism in in every everything that's happening. There's all you're always looking for the angle that would allow you to say this is racism, because mm-hmm. because you know my my career in some part, uh, you know, I'm a, I, I, my PhD is in counseling psychology and a, a big chunk of the work that I do is black psychology. So it's all about the study of black life and advocacy uh, around black life. So I spent a ton of time talking about racism uh, sure. and understanding the impact of racism and, and dissecting um, the historical and, and current impact of racism. And then w- when people say, all you do is look for racism, you know, my response to that is, well, I don't really have to look all that hard. You know, uh, right. you know I, I, technically speaking, I guess you can argue, yes, I do look for racism because it's what I study. Um, but I also have 44 years of being black under my belt. And I can tell you there hasn't been a single day of my life that isn't impacted by my skin. And why so don't, why don't why don't you give I'm, some people like examples so they, they so audience can relate like what examples of how your skin impacts your daily life? Right. Okay. So the the simplest example I can give is that in any given room that I'm in, no matter where I go, um, even if I'm in a room full of black people, but particularly if I'm in a room that is predominantly white people, I always have to be mindful of the fact that there are people in that room that are either angry or afraid about the fact that there's a black man in the room. Um, and, and you might think to yourself, 
okay, come on now. Is that really true? And then I'll give you example, an example. So I'm, I'm in my master's program. I'm getting a master's degree in counseling. And so everybody in that room is either a professor or a student getting a master's degree in counseling. So right. you, you're thinking these are all educated people, all relatively enlightened, so to speak. And we're having this conversation in a multicultural class. And one of the students flat out tells me that she's afraid of black people and that if she saw me on the street, she would cross to the other side of the street because she'd be afraid. And, and now, again, this is a person who's about to have a master's degree in counseling. Hold Her on. job I, is going to be- Cut out for one second. I want you to- she, She's what to you? She said she's afraid she, of what? She, she's afraid of black people and that if she saw me on the street, she would go to the other side of the street. Now, now mind you, you know- Right. This is something that she said to me. This was her opening up and being honest. Yeah. And, and this is an educated person who's a professional. Um, and, and mind you, it's me, right? I, mm. You know, I, she this, knows, the knows way you. I'm talking to you, right, she knows me. And on top of that, I'm presenting to her the way I'm presenting to you, right? I'm relatively articulate. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, in my opinion, I'm about as scary as like you know i don't know disney world or something so that, I, you know, I mean, that's I, obviously one percent because skin color i mean there's nothing else that could, that could be exactly and and she doesn't even deny that it's because of my skin and and so to take it a step further what obviously this was a big deal because you know in order to get a master's in counseling someone has to verify that you're you should be helping other people and and so this sent red flags and so they, the department was notified and the department heads, they thought of, this is a remediation. I know what we'll do. We'll ask him, meaning me, mm -hmm. to, to meet with her and talk to her and help her get more comfortable with blackness. That, that shouldn't and, be your and responsibility. So, exactly. And, yeah. and so on top of having to, to recognize that a person just told me that my presence is scary to her, now I've got the department who I'm sort of beholden to because I'm a student saying to me, it's your responsibility to help her get over her fear of blackness. Yeah, And, yeah. and that's one story. And I could give you, I, if we had eight hours, I could, I could yeah, talk I without think, stopping. Sure. Sure. So I, like white people, frankly, can't relate to, relate to that. I can't relate to that. Now I believe mm -hmm. you. You're, I believe you 100%, but I can't even, even right. imagine I can't imagine. I think a lot, a lot of people aren't racist in any way. Can imagine there are people out there like that. And then, then there's, there's some people who might be subconsciously racist and don't even, even recognize that in themselves. Right. So I hear you tell that, tell that story and it, and it blows my mind. Like I can't, I can't fathom that. So, um, so here, here, here's a couple more of the problems. I, right. So Gentleman George Floyd, if he was a white guy, I, I, I completely he would still be alive today. So I think right. race, race did play after. I mean, they kneeled on his neck for like something like nine minutes. I, I, I can't see any other way that it didn't, that was racism, right? right? But but when people look at the facts, and there's some there's some statistics, and this is, this is another way the media manipulates relates people and angers them, them. Last year in America, only. I shouldn't say only, only because any, but there were there were nine black unarmed black men killed by cops, as opposed to nineteen okay. white guys, twice as many white guys. 
that okay. never get, gets covered. You, ne- you, won't, you will never hear a story like that on, that on the media because it doesn't right. does drive the narrative they want. And the narrative they want is, is they want each other's throats, right? So you right. See, see something like George Floyd and almost anyone has to be able to look at, look at that and see that had to do something with him. With the guy was no threat, right? Mm-hmm. But tell, tell both sides of the story. At least, as, at least project both sides of the story. So we were dealing with all of the facts. Right? And then, right. so there's, de- there's definitely racism. racism. Okay. Ra- America, America, here's, here's one thing. America has a very racist past, past. And no doubt, black people today are still dealing with it. It's like, I, right. I've thought a lot about white, white privilege. Because when I first heard that, that it, it put me on my heels too. It bothered, it bothered me. I'm like, come okay. on, I work for every fucking thing I had. Right. And I've been sure. to cops too. That's happened. Um, um, I think I dropped out again. I'm... <laughs> Okay, it'll be good now. But um, so I thought about what what does that mean? Like, I don't want I don't want to push back against this hundred percent because because me pushing okay. back back, I'm just creating more co- conflict. And I don't want to do that. I want to build build bridges. Right. So right. What I thought about with white privilege is, is a black person is coming from from generations of ra- of race, right? So it's, so it's like I didn't come from that. Right. So I got got a little bit head start, even if my family my family come from me. I got a head start. We were in better, in better communities, right? Um, sure. Masters were not slave, slaves. Gives me a head start. To me, that's what white privilege is. I guess I got a head start. That's, that's kind, of, okay. kind of accepted my white privilege, right? Okay. So that I can at least, when people bring it up, bring it up to me and say, bullshit. I don't want to say bullshit. I want, I want to be part of the solution, not part of it. Yeah. Right? Um, but I don't know what to do about that. I, I yeah, don't, yeah. I, I'm not racist. All so, I acknowledge privilege now. What? Right. Well, I guess you're right. The first step is acknowledging. Okay, the privilege is a thing, but also, I would hope that a person would take the next step and really fully understand and appreciate the privilege, in the sense that. So, so for example, the story I told about a person acknowledging being afraid of me. remembering that literally every room that I'm ever in, I have to be mindful and vigilant about the fact that there is someone in that room that doesn't like blackness. And if that person happens to be the judge and I, you know, I'm in court, I'm screwed. If that person happens to be the police officer uh, and I'm pulled over, I might be screwed. You know, if that person is, the 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 banker who's deciding on my loan i'm screwed there are a million different scenarios in which me being black and the other person not liking blackness blows me out of the water for whatever it is that i might be attempting to do and and you can probably bet that maybe never but at the very least very infrequently will there be a situation where your whiteness alone will get you, will take you out of anything that you want, right? There, there, sure. there are very few scenarios where your whiteness all by itself will ruin a situation for you. Total, to, and, totally. And yeah. th- so, so that's privilege, right? Recognizing that, um, you know, I am a doctor, right? And, and I, you know, I'm a healthcare professional. I make good money. Uh, I am successful. I've been in my field for 20 years. Um, but 
you know, so a, a silly example. I joined a private club, okay, um, a few years ago. I got tired. I smoke cigars, and I got tired of being at, like, cigar bars where people are always talking loud and watching sports because I'm not into sports. And so I joined a private cigar club. Um, and, and the very first day I was there, I, it was a summer, it was summertime, like two years ago. And I'm standing there signing the paperwork to, to join this club. Um, uh, and, and a guy comes up to me, I'm wearing sweats. Cause I, I didn't know that I was going to be going there that day. It just wasn't in the plans, but I ended up going there. And a guy comes up to me and he said, and he sees me and I can see he's doing the double take. And it's a double take I've seen a million times because he's wondering why I'm there. Okay, <laughs> fine. No big deal. But he says to me, so, uh, you know, welcome to the club. I'm, Thank you. And, and so, you know, you can imagine for a second, he, maybe he's not a racist because he welcomed me to the club. You know what I mean? He, so he wasn't being unkind, but he says to me, so what do you do? And I said, I'm a psychology professor. And he says, he says, um, Oh, okay. And I can see like, he's kind of looking confused and, and he said, and he, he starts to walk away, but then he comes back and he says, so does that mean like you have a, a PhD? And I was like, yeah, yep. That's what it means. And he was like, Oh, and, and you might think to yourself, so what? But when, when you've done what this I, thought, I thought that's right. But, right. So what you don't hear because you don't have to live it. You haven't heard that four billion times. What you have to see and hear is that a person has to reconcile the cognitive dissonance that they experience in that moment when they see a black male, a relatively young black male who they now know is more educated than them probably makes decent money, maybe even more money than them. Um, and, and now has the ability to run in the circles they run in. Um, just last week, literally, this is last week. I'm, I'm, I'm at a gas station. I was waiting for one of my family members to come out of a gas station. And a guy in a pickup truck comes out of the gas station. I'm sitting in my car. I happen to drive a Mercedes. Uh, I, I don't say that to brag. This it's important to the story. The, the guy comes out last week and it was stolen. So now are you serious? Not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's no fun. Because yeah, go on. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> that's okay. So so the guy comes out and he's staring at me and he's looking at my car and he's staring at me and he's looking at my car and now I'm getting a little bit nervous. Um, and and he says to me, he starts making a joke about how how shiny and nice my car is, and I'm like, you know. That's cool. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And he's like, you know, no, no, no. That's a really nice car. And I know it had to be difficult for you to do that. And so I'm now, now I'm thinking, why, what makes you think it was difficult for me to do that? I, you know, it's, it's not even that expensive of a car. It's, it's a nice car, but it's not that nice. And, right. and, and then he said, and then he, he's mumbling under his breath as he's getting out of his car. Well, I could, you know, I could ask you how you have so much time on your hands. And and he starts like you can see that he's a, he's attempting to reconcile why I have such a nice car and he doesn't. And and the problem with those scenarios, both of those last two stories I just gave you is if it happens once, it's not a big deal. If it happens twice, OK, you write it off. But I can tell you from 44 years of being black, it happens every single day. 
particularly right. when you're when you're black and successful, right? Because because there's an image in America of what black men are supposed to be. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when I when I go anywhere looking like, you know, I'm I'm looking like I've got something, people are automatically ask me, "Oh, do you play basketball?" And I'm like, "No, I'm a college professor." <laughs> you know, right. and 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 so the problem there is that the impact of being questioned, the impact of having your existence questioned over and over and over again is, well, I, I would say it's unmeasurable, but it's not unmeasurable because there's been tons of research to show the damage that it does to people. It's actually far more damaging. Those stories, the compounding of those stories is much worse than if someone were to come up to me and say, I hate niggers. I, because because at least in that moment, I would know where that person stands. I would know not to care what they think because they've showed their hand. You know what I mean? They, they mm -hmm. showed their hand. I get it. You're a racist. I'm never going to, you know, we're, we're not going to be buddies. Have a nice day. Sure. But to, to be questioned by bankers and, and mortgage brokers and, and, everything in between at every turn that the impact of that is pretty profound. And, and so those are the stories where they're willing to say something to me. Think about mm. the stories where they're not willing to say something where, where they just don't approve your application and you don't know why, where, where you, where you lose the deal that looked like it was perfect. And, you know, and you're like, well, everything was great while we were on the phone. And then when I showed up, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the apartment wasn't available anymore. And, and, and that stuff happens all the time. And, and so a lot of people think like, you know, racism is this thing of the past. It happened 50 years ago and it's not a thing anymore. And, well, and what people mean by, by that is the laws now, it's, it's, you hear me? Yes. Okay. Yep. The laws now, like discriminating is illegal. Mm -hmm. and, there's, and there's laws to protect minority groups, and there's even laws that give them some advance, affirmative action, action and whatnot. So people okay. say that, that. I think that's what they mean. Um, um, right? So, that, but it doesn't wipe out racism. That doesn't wipe out what's in, what's in people's minds or what, things or what they're right. unconsciously feeling. Um, right. So that's, that's the disconnect there. And, when, and, and so you talked about, about skin color and, that, uh, and how my life has never been impacted by that or negatively, negatively impacted by that. That makes okay. sense to me. So I've, I've worked in, I've worked in Compton every day, every day, 15 years, years. That's been neighborhood working okay. every day, eight hours a day. Cool. And I've, I've definitely been judged for my, for my skin, but, but has had sure. a negative impact that I can't, I can't say that it has, has, I can say I've felt, felt unsafe times by some looks sure. I've gotten things people said, but I can't say it's, say it's negatively impacted me to me. So that makes sense what you said. So I okay. think that's, that's a message that's to get across us. Um, you, you talk about the guy in the cigar bar, right? Um, um, so you said, you said, I don't know if this is racist or not. Or not. And here, here's a problem with that word. That word is supercharged. Charged. So, so yes. there's, and there's this new, this new term, passive racist. I think there's okay. gotta be a, be a better because when you, when you, when someone's, well, you're passively racist because you're not, you're not speaking up, speaking up now or whatever, whatever, like mm -hmm. you're going to, anyone yeah. who gets called passively racist. Is gonna is gonna defend them if if 
they don't think they're racist. You know what I'm mean? so like right. There's got there's got to be kind of better better term than passively racist in those situations. Yeah. Like you think yeah, racist and is- I I honestly this is the first I'm hearing of this passive racist thing. Uh, and I agree. I, I don't love that upon hearing it. I don't love that idea of calling someone a passive racist. I guess I understand the premise behind it. And so, so I'm thinking you're a person who is complicit because you're not actively fighting against racism. You're not right. speaking up against racism. You're com- you're com- okay. Yeah, and and I, I understand that argument, but I don't like the idea of. I mean, personally, I don't love the idea of saying to someone you're a racist um, because I think today, eighty percent of racism is systemic anyway. Um, I, I think very very few people actively and intentionally perpetuate racism. I think that's I, a nice place of, to start it, right? What you just yeah. said, because I think people want to want to feel good about themselves, right? Right. right. If, if you start right. with start with eighty percent of people are not racist, just like eighty percent right. of cops are good cops, or or what number is? Right? And, and I would argue nice that ninety percent of of cops are good cops. I I, yeah. I know yeah. too many cops to to be willing to to paint with that big brush. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, keep going. Okay. So, so, so if that's true, let's say that I'm right. 80% of people don't mean to be racist. The major problem is that people don't recognize that they are benefiting from racist systems and that by sitting back and doing nothing, they're perpetuating a system that actually oppresses other people. You don't have to mean to oppress me to oppress me. Right. Right. So, so, you know, if, if a police officer recognizes that, you know, there are laws against, I'll use a simple one that we now recognize is a hundred percent wrong. There, there was a weight differential given to crack as opposed to regular cocaine, right? Crack was treated more harshly than regular cocaine. Sure. It was also well pulled to the cities by your government. Thank you very much. So yeah, exactly. So so there are all kinds of layers on top of this. But so crack was pumped into the inner cities where mostly black people are going to be, and the people who are are selling crack are almost always going to be black. And then you create laws that make it so that a, a person selling crack is going to get more prison time than someone selling a comparable weight of cocaine. Mm-hmm. The police that's officer- systemic racism. That's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. It, it's systemic. Yeah. And the police officer can be saying, and the lawyer and the judges can be saying, I'm only applying the law as it's written, but the law itself has racism embedded in it because there's no other explanation no, for no. why- Sure, sure. Do, do you see what I'm saying? No, no, absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, let me hit up a couple things if you don't mind. So, so please, that's 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 percent systemic racism, and it, it it seems pretty obvious, right? And the whole war on drugs is, I don't know if know if it is racist, racist, but the way that it, it uh, perpetuates itself in society it definitely hurts the black community far more, right? 
Um, right. The 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 one thing if you want to look at, at whether or not someone's going to end up in prison, like the number one correlating factor, skin color, it's not it's not economic status, it's, it's not education status, it's whether or not they grew up with a father in their lives. Yeah. And sixty percent of young black young black men grow dead. And right. you, you can you can look at the drug war. You know that's got to be reason number one. Right. Exactly. Right. That's 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 one thing we can do right away. Like put pressure on the government to get rid of the drug war. So right. Rewinding, rewinding. Uh, um, the white white privilege thing and, and systemic racism and how white people people hear that and get on their heels. The right. problem problem. You're you're a, re- a reasonable guy. Um, you're not you're not like pointing. You're not yelling. You're not getting right. angry. Although right. I'm, I'm sure you have you have So you can kill a conversation and you can win over some hearts. I'm sure you could. Okay. Sure. But you've I got a, a, a bunch of, of white liberal Hollywood celebrities out there pointing at poor white people and screaming at them about, about systemic racism and, and white, white privilege. And it's really hard for, you know, Jimmy in the trailer park, park who MAGA hat, to, to listen to that rich celebrity in Hollywood would lecture them about their, their privilege and, and they get right. pissed off. So I think right. the people deliver deli- message it, it's got to come from a different source. The same with, with CNN. No, people don't, don't believe CNN anymore. They've been lying, right. lying for, they've been lying for decades, going, going back to 9-11 and, and the reasons we got into the war, they've lied to us for 20 years. People, people fed up with it. They, they, don't, yeah. they don't, don't listen since. So they hear they say something, they're like, well, you're, you're liars. I don't yeah. believe you. So, so, so the person giving the message counts. Absolutely. Right? <sighs> Um, okay, so we're, we're, we're talking about... Um, can you hear me? I can. All right, audience, I apologize. I don't know what this is going to come out like. Uh, doing the best we can. I'm trying to have a conversation. I'm going really to sure this doesn't draw out. But, but we're, we're talking about uh, what we can do. And I mentioned mm-hmm. drug war. And, and you're talking about um, still people still have some racism. They're, they're not aware of it. Maybe racism right. isn't the best name. But let's let's... What can we actually do? Because here, here's what I'm saying. The protests, you got America's voice right now. You got America's ear yeah. right now. Right. You have America's right. attention. I've not right. heard anybody promoting solution. Black Lives Matter is suggesting defunding prison or defunding police, police. stations over America. Yep. Yep. It's happening in Los Angeles. They're right. talking about getting rid of the prison system. Right. Um, I'm fine with either of those because I'm an anti-government guy. But I don't think America's gonna buy into let's get rid of the police in the prisons. So right. what are some things we can actually do that will make it make a difference? Well, I, if if I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about the the you what you're saying, the 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 young guy in with the MAGA hat on, you know, sitting in a trailer park somewhere, his life is rough, and he's gonna look at me and think, what, this, you know highly educated college professor is going to tell me that, that, that his life is hard and my life is easy. That doesn't make any right. sense. And I agree with him. But what I would hope for is that people would recognize from this moment, uh, seeing this whole George Floyd thing and, and recognizing that the whole world suddenly got a glimpse into a window that they didn't realize was, was there. My hope is that people would just do what you and I are doing, which is, having this conversation and be a little introspect 
introspective and say, is it possible that the things that these people have been saying for the last 50 years are actually true? And if it is possible, then we've got to do something because, because ultimately we have to change a lot of laws. Ultimately we have to change our culture. Um, and in America, there is still a culture of perpetuating racism. Um, you know, the media is brutal to black America. You know, you, you up until very, very recently, yeah, you still regularly. I, mean, I don't think, I don't think most people agree with that. Like, I don't agree with that. that the media is brutal to black America. I, I, I think that historically true, but in the last, five, six, seven years, it feels like the opposite when I'm watching the news. Yeah, and it probably does, but understand, I, I say this all the time. You have to first understand where we were, right? So imagine for a second, if we're on the teeter-totter and, and it's so heavily weighted toward you that when I attempt to put it back in balance, you feel as though you are losing ground. And, and that's true. The last few years, you do feel a shift, but it's still not even, right? And so when you hear people... The playing field for, is still not The playing, playing field right. is still not But, the, but, but right. you think the media reports unfairly toward, toward black America compared to America? Cause, cause I, Absolutely. I think, okay. I don't yeah. see it that way. That way. Well, and, and, but, but I would argue the reason you don't see that is the same reason you're not sensitive to what happened to me in those, those two stories that I told you about, right? Any one of those stories happens to you on any given day and you'd brush it off because it happened once in 40 years, right? But if you are used to hearing these code words all the time, for example, um, even still today, you know, when, when the media talks about black protesters, you will hear or read the word thug, um, looters, animals, you'll hear those, those words. And yet just a month ago, you were seeing armed white protesters being called patriots by the media. And, and, and so even before there were riots, yeah, even that, before there was looting. I, that didn't, didn't happen. The media went after, went after those armed white people pretty damn hard. And they were, you know, they were just expressing their rights to bear arms. They like they there was no violence, and the media went went yes. went you know they went in on them hard, hard. Well, I'm, I guess it's a matter of perspective because I I didn't see. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I agree that I saw them painted in a not so positive light, but the language used to describe them didn't question nobody called their them humanity. thugs. No, nobody called them thugs. Right, right. And, and but so don't you think the that culture, if they think if they started destroying property, they might have used that word? Or do you think that word's just no? Because because if, you, if I mean, think about it. White white America regularly riots, and you don't hear these things. Well, you're hearing white it America. Now. I don't. You're you're here now. They're what not, do you mean? Well, they're calling the the looters thugs. They're not saying the black looters are thugs. Well, yes, I, I, that's fair. That's fair. But I would argue. If you removed the black people from from all of this, you would stop hearing any of that. And, and my evidence is 
anytime you, I mean, I went, my, I got my, my, my degree from WVU. So, so I'm no stranger to people in the street burning things down. I mean, West Virginia University is known for, you know, burning couches. It's literally a thing. There are signs that in the middle of Morgantown, West Virginia, that say like, no burning couches, because that's how common it is that they do that. So, but, but when you see, you know, a bunch of white kids burning things to the ground in West Virginia or at Penn State or in Wisconsin, you never hear about those things portrayed as a bunch of am- animals looting and rioting. It's a bunch of rowdy kids having fun. Okay, and, okay. and the, the problem with that is it is embedded within our culture that black people are seen as less than human. Um, and and I, I would argue that that is the reason a police officer would see it as reasonable to put his knee on the neck of a person for, for nine minutes. It's that, that he didn't see him as a person, right? I mean, there, there are a million videos that you can look up where there is uh, a, a white person with a, a semi-automatic rifle charging at police and he is not shot, right? But you get a, a black person running away from police with no gun and they'll shoot him. And the reason is I, I truly believe in my heart that they don't realize why they're doing it. And, and I think in you're my right. Opinion, I think you're right. And I think that's fair. I think I, I like I said, I think if George Floyd was white, he would be alive. Right. And, right. And, you, and I think the police do treat, treat black and white people differently. And some of that, it's just, it's just, um, um, uh, what's, what's the word? Make a judgment based on, um, you know, like it's they're single it's, angle it's, out must, what, what do you call that? Oh, um, oh, I know what you profiling. mean. Um, they're profiling. profiling. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 So yeah, some of that's, 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 it's, it's racism, but here, 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 this is what would help. If the media would would recognize, I, I looked up looked up a couple of statistics today. Okay, the media would just t- just tell both sides. I think think the war you you cut again. Okay, so I looked up some statistics from the Department of Justice, and you won't okay. anywhere, right? Black on white violent crime in two thousand nineteen, five hundred fifty thousand incidents, right? Yeah, white on, on black violent crime. Fifty nine thousand tenth. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a whole host for that. You know, black people aren't doing as well in society. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you you, you, you the psychologist could probably break that break that down for a long for me. But to put yeah. the point, like like if the media would acknowledge all the facts and then, and then talk about uh, the system racism. Um, people would be open to it, but they feel like they're covering up certain things. Like there was a police officer. There's been like, been like some cops who have been killed during these riots. Right. There's been no coverage of that. It doesn't right. fit the narrative. They don't cover it. The one guy was, he was a, he was a black guy, a black retired yep. police officer. Yep. Yep. No coverage. Like, right. Or very little coverage. Cause we do know about it. So it, it did get yeah, some like on, on Facebook. But, none of the networks were covered. So okay. we, That's we, we gotta, okay. we, we gotta like, we be able to look at, get everything and then right. hear these stories and then come to some logical conclusions. Um, right. and white people are, people are on those right now, and, yeah. but, but at the same time, black America has all of America's ear. 
and that yes, we can make some some real changes can be made made. Uh, and yeah. when I say that, I'm looking more at like from a, a government point of view, like some legislation that needs to happen yes. can ha- yes. happen. Now, from from the, you're talking, it sounds like personal personal into things, and I don't I don't know change that. Like if you're still racist in 2020, um, you said you know maybe 20 percent of the population. I don't know where you, where you got that number from. Let's go with it. That if if you're if you're racist in 2020, if you're still racist in 2020, I don't know. We help that at this point. Right, right. Like, what more so, do you need to know? You know what I mean? As, right. a, as a person. Well, first, well, I want to I backtrack for one second because I, I have to push back when you talk about, everyone likes to talk about the statistics, you know, um, you know black on black crime, black on white crime, white on white crime. The, here's the problem. The very idea of black on black crime is racist. And, and the reason I say that is Please if you really, yeah. So, so if you look at the numbers, if you really study the numbers, what you'll find is the vast majority of crime is intra-racial, right? Most crime, murder sure. and otherwise. No, no, no 100%. Is, that's, a, right? that's another fact. Let's get, you know, put all the facts out. That's a fact. fact. That's right. And, and so what you would have to look at is that the vast majority of white people who are murdered are murdered by white people and there is way more white on white crime than black on black crime because there are way more white people than black people so so why do we talk about black on black crime we talk about black on black crime because that is an idea that fits the narrative of black people being more criminal than other people and and it's simply not it doesn't make any sense it, well, because they, they if you, if you, do create, they, they do more, more of the crimes done in, in black neighborhoods. Now, if that's poverty or if that whatever the reason, the reason right. I mean, that is true. Right. So and, and that's so. So what you have to do is you have to really follow that train all the way to the end, because if you if you look at the beginning of that path, it looks like what you're saying makes sense. It looks like. Oh, okay. So black people do exhibit more criminality. So we should talk about that and why that is. But if you were to factor out poverty, if you were you if you were to factor out uh, single parent homes and all the different predictors, you would find that that difference, the differential, and and how you know how much criminal activity you see, it would go away. And then you would have to ask yourself. I would bet that's true. True. Right. So right. And then 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 the question how. How how do we eliminate those those factors in society? That becomes a question, right? Right, Um, and and so then, but but you have to go a step further and say what caused the factors that we believe caused the criminality, right? Why are black people less educated? Why are black fathers often not in the home? And and literally all of those things can be traced back to systemic policy making decisions. Right. Um, All the way back to when black people were still slaves, there was an unequal access to education. I mean, in the very beginning, we weren't allowed to be educated, period. And then when we were allowed to be educated after we were emancipated, we were given the worst schools ever. And Mm -hmm. and our our schools didn't have any funding and blah, blah, blah. And, And still today, even. If you look at the most impoverished schools in America, you will you will automatically find 
the school that's in the inner city, the school that has all the black people around. And so, and then on top of that, you know, so right, now you've got you got people. That, right? So I, I talked about this with my buddy last night, another, another black guy. Black guy. How okay. do you fix that? fix that? They've thrown me at it. It's, it's not gotten better. So what, what is the actual solution when you're talking, talking about some education? Well, you'd have, to, you'd have to fundamentally change the way education is funded. Um, and, and so you would have to make it so that education is not tied to tax dollars that, that are tied to real estate. Because right now, now, right, property value dictates your, your, your school's money. And, and so what it does is it segregates America by wealth, right? So right now, the wealthiest schools are insulated against a lot of problems because they have all the money and their money is all tied to their homes. And, you know, with policies like redlining, making it almost impossible for black people to live in certain areas and making it so that all black people, you know, go back to the 50s and 60s, all black people were basically herded into certain areas. Those areas, the value yeah. of their property plummeted and, and the snowball effect. Yeah. And then now a, you got- There's repercussions of that, of that even today. Right. Yeah. So you're, so, you're, you're well, talking, you're talking some kind of uh, uh, evening of the scales by taxing one group and, and sending money another way. Right. Right. And that's, that's going to cause resentment with, with a lot of people. That absolutely. might be the solution. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because the, 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 here's what I would really challenge you to think about. If you wanted to say, let's, let's say you looked at the statistics and you, and you came to the conclusion that black people, and this is a conclusion that a lot of people come to. A lot of people come to the conclusion, look at these black people. They make bad decisions. They are, they are far more criminal. Um, they have children younger. They, they, make, they just make bad decisions in X, Y, and Z categories, right? You'd have to ask yourself, you know, my job is to ask why something happens. My job is to study patterns. And so I challenge you, tell me what makes you think, what do you believe is the cause for the bad decision making that, that you see in black people? And if you really play it out, there's one of two, you got one of two options. One is bad stuff happened to black people that forced them into a bad situation. Or black people are fundamentally flawed, fundamentally problematic in some way. They're genetically inferior. Now, that genetically inferior argument has been used, but that's, that's the argument of eugenics. That would be, uh, be, uh, a, be a, 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 a racist, I think. That if people think that that's a, that's a racist point of view, isn't it also possible that... I cut out again? Again? Isn't it, isn't it also possible that bad decisions have getting made in the black community for a long time and it gets handed down generationally, right? Like you, you, learn, from your, you learn from your parents. Right. That's yes. how you learn, that you learn from your parents. And if your parents are making bad decisions, that's that's where you're learning. You're learning. Well, and and I, I understand what you mean, but I would have to push back on the idea that they're bad decisions. And and the reason I say that is so my life has been unique in the sense that I have been relatively poor and relatively wealthy. I have lived both lives. OK. And and so I understand what it looks like on both sides of the track. I was never extremely poor and I'm certainly not extremely wealthy, but I've been relatively both. Okay. And what I've learned from that is that the life that makes sense on one side of the tracks makes absolutely no sense on the other side of the tracks. And, and, and so you say to yourself, okay, why does a black person who gets their income tax check 
go out and buy rims for their car? Why do they go out right. and buy $200 shoes, people blah, 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 and X, it, Y, and Z. them, right? And, and people even, see that even, in a... Even black friends who are doing pretty well, they get infuriated by that. Like, yes. what, are you, what are you doing, man? And, and the problem is what you're not acknowledging is the impact of poverty. The impact, the, the mental and emotional weight that is placed on a person who is in poverty. And so what you're finding is that people who are in survival mode and realizing that when you hand them $2,000 and they're still making $8 an hour and they can still barely pay their rent and, and this $2,000 is not going to change their life, they want a little sliver of happiness because mm-hmm. it, they just want to feel good for a second. So sure. what do they do? They go buy something that would make them happy because they just want to enjoy some piece of life. That makes and that sense. Is extremely, that's adaptive. That, that I, is people. That makes sense. makes sense. That logic, I follow that logic. That logic makes sense. But we don't see that in, let's say, the, the Asian community it, where, right. where there's poverty. Like that, that's what my right. wife's from. She's from, from a impoverished Asian community. We're okay. doing that. So like, what's right. the difference? The difference is there's no other group in America. Other, I would argue the only people who could, could say this are the Native Americans. And the Native Americans are in a unique situation because the, you know, many of them live in, separate from us completely, right? They, they were able to keep their culture intact to some degree. Um, but but the the injustice that was inflicted upon them is unimaginable, and so I don't I don't diminish that. But my point is, there's no other group in America that is can that is even today still hated and disadvantaged simply because of their culture, right? So an Asian person can come to America with nothing, and and. Their entire family is poor, has no skills. Inside of two generations, you could have wealth. The reason is there's actually nothing in the way, right? Their, their poverty is a temporary circumstance. Whereas with black people, there are still systems in place designed either purposefully or designed in such a way that it systemically holds you down. And, and so... In order for us to make the argument that, well, look at this community, why can't, why can't black people do what they did? You would have to actually remove the barriers to success and then see what happens. And then you also got to consider, even if you did that today, even if you removed all the barriers, and there are a million barriers, but if you remove them all today, it would still be day one, right? There, so you got to figure there's a, hun- a few hundred years of slavery. 150 years of overt Jim Crow uh, state-sanctioned second-class citizenship. And then in 1964, 1968, you've got the, the Civil Rights Acts. So you're talking 50 or so years ago, theoretically, Black people were giving equal rights. And even yeah. 50, even, even then, you still can't argue that it, that it truly created equal rights in America because if that were the case we wouldn't be we wouldn't be protesting right now for George Floyd sure, so sure. so so you you would have to say all right today it's over all the systemic racism is done today that's still day 1 you know what I mean? yeah. we we haven't even gotten to day 1 yet right okay okay so we've we've been at this uh, this is great great conversation but I love yeah. it love it like I like these conversations especially especially like I feel like I can be 
open and honest because people right. are, are pussyfooting around the conversation. Absolutely. Not gonna, not, and not and it's talk. not helpful to do that. You got to just get into it. So here's, I, I want to say, say two more things, things and then let you on, on it on it, and we're finished up. So I, okay. I feel what I would like, I would like to see from white America, America is a little more, more like when I say white America, I'm speaking about the people who are, people who are on their heels, who feel personally attacked when they're saying white privilege. I okay. would like them be a little more empathetic, empathetic to the situation right. and to open their minds to, to the type talking about, about um, what I mentioned about, about a head and about how people, black people still are judged in, in ways that might be imperceivable. Yes. Right? And, right. and there are ways that, that our laws, even though our, law, our laws are equal, we have equal, law, equal laws, there's, there's still repercussions yeah. uh, from, th- from things like well, with education and property ownership, right. um, the drug, drug war, so on and so forth. That's what right. I like to see from white America. From black Amer- America to help bridge the gap. I would like number one for them to at, to at least Black Lives Matter matter and recognize nice. the black on black on black like forty people die in Chicago and I go and, and yeah. fights on a weekend acknowledge it and show that, that you you do about Black Lives Matter whether yeah. it's because because of all you said or not a- acknowledge it acknowledge the, the cop got killed who was a black black man acknowledge acknowledge yeah. all of stuff and all my, I'm a, a person who person who believes in dual responsibility right. Just okay. look at the, your own community and think about what challenges can be made. made. Okay. And for all, all of America, I want us, want us to like, we're, we have, have a moment now to make real change. And we do. End the drug war. Do, do something education as far as related to taxes. Like, let's get our politicians, get our politicians. to actually work on this rather than offer a lot of lip service. And that's, that's all right. I need. All right. All right. So, yeah. So, so and, the, and the last thing I want to say is, as a psychologist, I just want your opinion on this. Sure. We've seen these, we've seen these, um, some of these tapes in the past and there's been protests, but nothing like this. So right, I, feel, I, I, I feel, I feel like three being locked in your home, your home, right? You got young, young bull. They got no sports. They got no yeah. bar, bar. They got no Tinder. You know, they're, they're cooped up. <laughs> right. Like right. I feel like America was a Tinder box and this yeah. was like the match. Ready. Yep. Yep. Okay, so I, and the protesting, abs, absent looting, would have might have produced better results because the looting okay. has divided America. Okay, but I don't know if we would have had the same amount of protesting. I, I guess what I'm asking is, if if we didn't have coronavirus leading up to up to this, you think this would have looked like little bit well. No, I, I actually, I think you're 100% right that this was the perfect storm. It's that, it's that most of America would have just kept it moving if, if it weren't for this quarantine that most of America is still in. Um, so, you know, everybody being kind of a captive audience made it so that people suddenly had almost no choice but to pay attention to this. And also the blatant nature of this particular murder um it, it's just it was the perfect set of ingredients the the perfect pot of gumbo um to create the scenario that we're in um and and, and i would even argue that if it were peaceful protests and not riots it wouldn't have gotten the attention that it got and and not that i condone riots i'm i'm, I'm not a fan so of you, riots. you think if it was peaceful and we you think that you think the the my aspect of it might be the thing, the thing that just a change. 
my, my absolutely there's there's no question in my mind that the, the destruction of property the the violence that is what has everyone glued to their screens because let's, sure, let's sure, face it sure. america is about sensationalism if it's not sensational nobody cares that's part of the, and, of the and yeah that it, it is unfortunately the america we live in and that's why i say i believe we need a complete culture shift in america uh, toward more humanity toward people doing what you and i are doing having real conversations where where you heard me tell stories and rather than try to tell me that it's not racism, you attempted to understand how it maybe was race-based and problematic. You know what I mean? You're listening to me and saying, oh, well, I wouldn't have thought of it that way, but I guess I can see what you mean. That's human. You are now understanding a human experience that you didn't understand an hour ago. And, and so you are more likely to recognize it when your black friend experiences it and doesn't tell you about it. You'll see it and go, hey man, that wasn't cool. And I'm willing to bet because part of black culture is to not tell white people that this stuff happens. That's that's culturally the way we are raised. It's called Maybe. talking my, in my, my friends tell me. me. <laughs> tell me they they like oh, we, <laughs> well that's good. That's good for you. So I what what I but, what I'd like to see right no I, I get what you're saying and uh, yeah I, I know they keep a secret a lot of times. But what I'd like to see with white America, yes. black, yes. and as society. What do you want to see? What do you want to see, you want to see from us, from, from your what? community, from America so, in general? Yeah, what I would love for white America to see, uh, or, or what, what I would love for white America to do, is just listen and, and attempt to understand, right? What I often see is people jumping to the conclusion that because they've never seen it, because they they haven't experienced that that it couldn't possibly exist, um, and and it, that's a very very common cognitive distortion. I believe that since I've never met someone that's like this, then that 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 person doesn't exist. And and I've never met a person from Sweden, but I'm pretty sure you know Swedes exist. Uh, and and so I would want for white America to stop making the assumption that your experience is the only experience. Listen when your black friend or your black, you know, neighbor uh, or a black person you see on social media telling you something that that is seems so foreign to your life. When they're talking, just listen. Just recognize that that's that's their experience. And and from Black America, so I, I will first say, trust and believe that what you wish is happening in Black America is already happening. You know, when people always, I always see people talking about. Why don't black people talk about black on black crime? It's not that black people don't talk about black on black crime. Black people talk about black on black crime ad nauseum. Trust me. There are community meetings at churches and and in academic settings and community town halls all the time, every single day in every inner city. I promise you. It's just it doesn't get any attention. The media is never going to tell you. It would help if white people were hearing those conversation sessions, I think. I 100% agree with you because, because it happens. It, it's so, so, you know, my, my career is focused on advocating for and fighting for and studying and understanding the impact of race on, on life for black people. So I'm in these meetings all the time. I, I mean, I've been for 15, 20 years now, I've been doing this constantly. So when people say, you know, you guys never talk about that. I'm like, well, where were you? Because I was at the meeting. You know what I mean? Like, and and 
so so people make the assumption that that because it's not in the news, we're not talking about it, and that's simply not true. But that doesn't mean Black America has no no dog in this fight. No no no. We have work to do as well. We have tons of work to do because the fact of the matter is, despite the fact that there are a million obstacles in our way, it is still possible to succeed. And a lot of why Black people who are in bad situations stay in bad situations, it's because they fundamentally fundamentally believe that they don't have the capacity to overcome the obstacles. And so it's like, well, why would I attempt? It'd be like if I said to you, we got to get your car from here to Sacramento, but you can't start the car. You got to push. You'd be like, well, then I'm not going, right? Because it'd be like, I can't do that. And, and a lot of black people feel defeated because they know the system is on their neck. But, but what I would want for people to recognize is at some point, not at some point, today, it's not logical to believe that white America is suddenly going to wake up and fix this. Despite the fact that I wish that would happen, it's not logical based on history to believe that that's going to happen. And that being the case, Black America has to then say, okay, then we got to do what we got to do. We've got to, we've got to, those of us who have the ability have to, one, succeed, and then two, remember to pull, pull someone else from, you know, from the basement with us. You know what I mean? So, so I am relatively successful and, and I make sure that whenever I have opportunities to offer, whether it be internships or whatever, I look for, are there talented black people that I can help? Right. And, and, you know, a lot of the time I can do it. And sometimes there, there is no one that applies. And so, so I, I, even I can't hire a black person, you know what I mean? So, so I believe that black America, has let to me, do let me that. Tell, yeah, there's a, a great summary. Yeah, and I, I I agree with every single thing you said. But okay, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a small business owner, right? Um, okay. And there's a lot of obstacles in the way that, that fitness is is complicated. Let me give you an example. I I have hired dozens of black people over the years of owning this business business in okay. the last four years. years I've had to let, had to let go of Evan. I've let go of a lot of white people, all Asian people. Sure. If I let go of a, go of a black woman, I guess I get sued in the last three, four years, four yeah. years, one hundred percent of the time. So right. now I would I like to hire black people. I like you know I like to, like to spread it around, try to help. Right. Right. But I'm more hesitant. Hesitant now. This mm. happens every, every time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's so there's it's a complicated issue issue like i and can we we even slate our way out out of it because you want to you want to say, say um you have to give black people an opportunity you can't, can't discriminate and those are all, are all valiant points but then but, laws right, that you, I, you set up create a yeah. scenario which me the business owner, business owner gets right and i don't then, know how you fix that it starts to feel like well, it's not even worth it. If, I, if I'm setting myself up to be sued later, why would I want to do this? And I agree with you on that. And, and so what we have to do then is, so, so let me first say, and I know we're supposed to be stopping and, and this is not stopping, but, but what I'll say is the reason for that is black people have become very, very re- reactionary, right? Um, and, and I will acknowledge that, Black people tend to look for oppression even when it isn't there, um, and but that's not 
illogical. That is completely normal and natural given the situation that they are in, right? Black people believing, it's like a person with PTSD. A person with PTSD will, will perceive a threat even when there isn't a threat. That is the nature of PTSD. And black America is in a collective state of PTSD based on hundreds of years of oppression and trauma, right? And so, so black people, if they're fired, many black people are automatically going to think that was race-based. I'm going to sue. And, and the way you stop that from happening is you create more opportunities so that the black people aren't automatically thinking the one opportunity that was available was taken to me because I'm black. You know, because imagine if you, if your business closes down today, you're not going to think, oh man, I'm screwed because I'm white and no one's going to want to hire me. So let me sue somebody. You're going to think I'm going to just start another business, right? But that's because the world is set up in such a way that you recognize there really aren't many things that are fundamentally in the way of your success. And black people can't say that. There are concrete things in the way that make it so that black people are in survival mode. When you're in survival mode, you do things based on survival. You know, you, you're going to scratch and claw to survive. You get people out of survival mode and they change their behavior entirely. Right. Okay. So... Again, again, so you you create more opportunities for black people to 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 fix to fix it. So right, comp problem, right? Comp problem. La- la- last yeah. thing, I swear, swear to God, ah. I gotta let you go. <laughs> I mean, you have you have you have five minutes. I do, I do. Okay, okay, all right. So for at least twenty years, I've been been being the message like I I hate identity politics. I hate. I yeah. hate separating people by skin color, gender, sexuality, all that. Like, cause, cause it doesn't come for me. I'm like, you know, like, you know, people are, I've met, I've met people and bad, bad people of kinds. Okay. Um, right. I think, think when you start, I think when you put, put people into group based on any, uh, inherent, inherent trait, it, it's automatically racist do that or, or, and you're divided, you're divided. Right. When, when you start yes. identity, identity politics divides people by, by its very, you're black, black. I'm absolutely. I think it's healthy, healthy. Um, so I, so I always preach, you know, to men and but in the past few years, like there's, there's a big push for identity politics and, and out against identity politics will catch a lot of heat. Whereas 10 years ago, ago that message, message liberals were on board, on board with team human yeah. and, and identity politics are bad. One love, love, that's fucking right. probably, um, how that shifted shifted i don't buy and i don't think it's good and why can't we get back back to the concept of we're all human human if we all look at yeah. each other's other's human if yet society ready to do that doesn't the doesn't go away yes and and i think the answer to your question why can't we do that it's embedded in what you're saying all the time i mean i i've you know i did my homework and and listened to some of the things that you've said and you're absolutely right there is a group of and and I'll be honest it's wealthy white heterosexual males they are they own most of the world okay and they have essentially figured out as long as we can keep everybody else attacking each other we can continue to loot the world of all of its resources and and so they are going to continuously push this narrative that that 
we have to be divided and that it's us against them. And because, because keep in mind, race is man-made. Race is not an actual biological and anthropo- anthropological thing. Right, right. You know? and, and so it's not real. And yet people use it as a marker and say, this person is different based on their skin color. It'd be like saying, blue-eyed people make bad decisions. That literally right. doesn't make sense. Makes sense. Right? Right, right. But but there is a group out there that knows keeping us fighting yes. is is the only game in town for them. Now, because now you're speaking my language. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 the fact of the matter is if we all recognize that it's actually us, all of us oppressed people against yes. these super wealthy people, we would win because the right. fight would be over. They, we right. outnumber them by leaps and bounds. By a zillion. But, yeah, but, but they have done a really good job. And race, I mean, really, if you look at historically, that's why race came to be. Race came about, the idea of race came about because ultra wealthy whites wanted to find a way to extract the wealth. And so they said, let's get the poor whites to hate the black. Yes. And, and so now you've got, all hundreds of years of us fighting each other and they're sitting back going, look at this, this is working. It's like, right, I can't right. believe it. I haven't right. figured it out. You and know those, what I mean? Those super wealthy elite, elite white men, they don't, yeah. I don't know if they're racist or not. I don't, don't think they fuck about color. I, I actually, I don't, think I don't they, agree. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's racism at all. I think they created that for us. They don't care about anything they except money. Care, care they're pulling money. money out of it. Yeah. yeah. No. And, and they created this fight for us and we indulge in this fight. And, and that's why, you know, so, you, know, you yeah. made a comment. Go ahead. So the, the key is the rest of us have to recognize that and yes. come together. Yep. So yes, I'm on the right, right path with them. I got to do a, do a better way of com- communicate without pissing people off. Cause in the past yeah. two, two weeks, I've been pissing people off and I'm not <laughs> trying to do that. I'm, I'm trying to do the opposite. Right. And right. I don't know how to communicate I don't know if, if it's because I'm a middle-aged middle white doing okay. Yeah. Uh, people don't want to hear that message from me. Maybe that's yeah. it, or maybe it's the way approaching it. I don't know. No, but Well, I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's room to give on both sides because, like I said, black people are going to be reactionary. So if you say, you know, like for, you know, just now you said, this is what I wish black people would do. There's a black person out there who was going to hear that snippet sure. and stop listening because yeah. they're going to be like, who the heck is this guy to say this? But if I said the exact same thing, they would hear it. Right. So there's a part of it that's, that's we ha- everybody has to be willing to listen a little bit. But 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 it's that everybody has to recognize we are on the same team. And and and. There is, in my opinion, there's only one enemy. And I will say this to the day I die. It's those, it's that ultra rich white male, they've decided that nobody else is in the good old boys club. And and the only difference between me and you is that they've convinced more of you that you're able to get into the club. And, yeah. and the fact of the matter is they're never going to let you in the club anyway. You know what I mean? No, it's, no. It's, so, it's like, we all have to recognize that we're all being played. Um, yep. And, and, all the, po- you know, I-, I hate saying all politicians because I ran for office two years ago. And if had I won, I'd be a politician. Yeah, so, but, but you didn't win because you got to sell and, out. A hundred, a hundred percent. And I wasn't willing to do, and the things I could tell you stories about the things they told me to do. And, and it, it made my stomach hurt. And so, and I, obviously I couldn't do it and that's why I'm not there. But 
they, the politicians, they're not attempting to fix this. They're, they don't want this to be fixed because that doesn't help them. Uh, and, and so we need a complete culture shift. We need for average Joes like you and I to recognize that the same boot that's on my neck is also on your neck. And, and, and that the only way to fix this is for us to, to rise up against them. Beautiful. We got to end it, end it there. Hey, people, be more empathetic. Dr. Brock, you were on point. point. Uh, that, that was a great way to end it. Thank you for, cool. for your time. Thank you for Absolutely. your time. Uh, you're very, very generous with it. Since we have, guys, I hope this podcast comes out. Comes out. Uh, we might not even have one. I have one. I, I don't want on here. <laughs> but, but, but I hope so. It's good stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, man. I enjoyed it. All right, man. So, um, yeah, and I got your, got your book. I, you know, there's been a lot going on. Right, there's a lot going on. That's I haven't right, take read it yet, but, but I'm, very, I'm very interested in the subject, and that's actually what we typically do do here. We've got it from yeah. the past couple of weeks. I'll read it, and, and the real we're back on to talk about that. Another day, yeah. All right, man. All right, man. Take care. Thanks a lot. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.